Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. I'm Bob, and I'm reading today from a sermon once preached by Charles Spurgeon. This message is from a collection of Spurgeon messages created by Perry Boardman, known as Spurgeon's Gems. Today's message is from Volume 2. It's number 55, and it's entitled The Exodus. We're comparing the things that happened in the book of Exodus to Christ who led us out of our Egypt. One agonizing sacrifice, one death on Calvary, one bloody sweat on Gethsemane, one shriek of, it is finished, consummated all the work of redemption, all the precious blood of Christ. I love it when I think it saves one sinner, but oh, to think of the multitude of sinners that it saves. Beloved, we do not think enough of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have not half such an estimation of his precious person as we ought to have. We do not value his blood at the right price. Why, poor sinner, you are saying this morning, this blood cannot save me. What? Not save you? When it is engaged to save thousands upon thousands and myriads of myriads? Shall the shepherd who gathers the whole flock together and leads them unto the pastures lose a single lamb? You say, perhaps I'm so little. For that very reason, then, you do not need so much of his power to take care of you. Uh, but says one, I'm, I'm so great a sinner. I then so much the better. For he came to save sinners, of whom I am chief, said Paul, and he came to save you. Ah, do not fear, you sons of God. He who brought the Israelites all out in one night can bring you all out, though you are in the veriest bondage. Perhaps there is one of you who not only has to make bricks without straw, but has to make twice as many bricks as anyone else, you think, and your taskmaster has a whip which goes right around you and cuts the flesh off you every time. You have worse bondage than anyone. Your slavery is more intense. Your oven is hotter. Your pot's harder to make. Very well, I'm glad of it. How sweet liberty will be to you. And I will tell you, you shall not be left in Egypt, for if you were, what would old Pharaoh say? He'd say he said he would bring them all up, but he, he has not. There's one left. And he would parade that poor Israelite through the streets. He would take him through Memphis and Thebes and say, There is one that God would not deliver. There is one I had so tight in my grasp that even he could not get him out. Ah, master devil, you shall not say that of one of the Lord's people. They shall all be there, the great and the small. This unworthy hand shall take the hand of the blessed St. Paul. They shall all be in heaven, shall all be redeemed, shall all be saved. But all, mark you, through one sacrifice, one covenant, one blood, one Passover. And this brings us to speak more fully of the completeness of their deliverance. Our text says it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Now, our dear Arminian friends think that some of the Lord's people will not come out of Egypt, that they'll be lost at last. Ah, well, as the poet Hart says, if one poor saint may fall away, it follows so may all. And none of us are safe and secure. Therefore, we do not give way to that. 
But all the hosts came out of Egypt, every one of them. Not a soul was left behind. There's a poor man that was lame. Ah, you see him throw away his crutches. There is a poor woman sick, aye, but she suddenly rises from her bed. There's another palsied who can by no means lift himself up, but his frame in a moment becomes firm, for there was not one feeble person in all their tribes. Psalm 105, 37. There's a poor little baby who knows nothing about it, but still it leaves Egypt, carried by its mother. The old gray-headed sire tottered not on his staff, Though eighty years of age, yet he was a son of Israel, and he came out. There was a youth who had just begun to have his shoulders galled, but though he was young, the time was come for him, and out he came. They all came out, every one of them. There was not one left behind. I do not suppose they had any hospitals there, but if they had, I am sure they did not leave any of them in the hospital, but all were healed in an instant. There was one Israelite who had rebelled against the government of Moses and said, Who made you a judge and a divider over us? But they did not leave him behind. Even he came out. All of them came out. Nor do we find that there was some poor shriveled creature whose arms and legs were almost useless and who was half an idiot whose brain was nearly gone left behind. So, beloved, if you are the, the least lamb in Jesus' fold, you are one in Jesus now. Though you have very little learning and very little common sense, you will come out of Egypt. If the Lord has put you there in bondage and you have been made to groan there, he'll make you sing by and by when you are redeemed from it. There is no fear of your being left behind, for if you were, Pharaoh would say, He delivered the strong ones but he was not able to fetch out the weak, and then there would be laughter in hell against the might and omnipotence of God. They all came out. But not only so, they all had their cattle with them. As Moses said, not a hoof shall be left behind. And they were to have all their goods as well as their persons. What does this teach us? Why, not only that all God's people shall be saved, but that all that God's people ever had shall be restored. All that Jacob ever took down to Egypt shall be brought out again. Have I lost a perfect righteousness in Adam? I shall have a perfect righteousness in Christ. Have I lost happiness on earth in Adam? God will give me much happiness here below in Christ. Have I lost heaven in Adam? I shall have heaven in Christ. For Christ came not only to seek and to save the people that were lost, but that which was lost, that is, all the inheritance as well as the people, all their property. Not the sheep merely, but the good pasture that the sheep had lost. Not only the prodigal son, but all the prodigal son's estates. Everything was brought out of Egypt. Not even Joseph's bones were left behind. The Egyptians could not say that they had a scrap of the Israelites' property, not even one of their kneading troughs or one of their old garments. And when Christ shall have conquered all things to himself... The Christian shall not have lost one atom by the toils of Egypt, but shall be able to say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? O hell, where is thy triumph? You have not a flag nor a pennon to show of your victory. There is not a cask or a helmet left upon the battlefield. There is not a single trophy which you may raise up in hell in scorn of Christ. He has not only delivered his people, but they have gone out with flying colors, 
taking their shields with them. Stand and admire and love the Lord who thus delivers all his people. This brings us to notice in the fourth place the time when the Israelites came out of Egypt. The time. It came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. <clears throat> God had promised to Abraham that his people should be in bondage 430 years. And they were not in bondage one day more. As soon as God's bond became due, though it had been drawn 430 years before, he paid the bill. He required no more time to do it in, but he did it at once. <clears throat> Excuse me. Christopher Ness says, <coughs> they had to tarry for the fulfillment of the promise till the night came. For though he fulfilled it the selfsame day, he made them stay to the end of it to prove their faith. He was wrong there because scripture days begin at night. The evening and the morning were the second day, so God did not make them wait, but paid them at once. As soon as the day came, beginning with our night, as the Jewish day does now, and the scriptural day always did, as soon as the clock struck, God paid his bond. We have heard of some landlords who come for their rent at twelve o'clock, precisely. Well, we admire a man's honesty if he pays him exactly at that minute, but God is never behindhand in fulfilling his promises, not by the ticking of a clock. Though his promise seems to tarry, wait for it. You may be mistaken as to the date. If he has promised anything on a certain day, he will not keep you waiting until the morrow. The selfsame day that the Lord had promised, the Israelites came out. And so all the Lord's people shall come out of bondage at the predestined moment, and they cannot possibly come out of bondage before the appointed time. Oh, you poor, distressed heir of heaven, groaning under sin and seeking rest but finding none. Believe that it is the Lord's will that you should be a little longer where there is a smoking furnace. Wait a little. He is doing you good. Like Jesus of old, he is speaking hardly to you to try your faith. He is telling you now that you are a dog because he wants to hear you say, Truth, Lord, but the dogs eat of the crumbs. He would not keep you waiting if your eagerness did not thereby get fresh vigor. He would not keep you crying if he did not mean to make it a sign of better grace to you for the future. And therefore wait, for you shall come out of Egypt and have a joyous rescue in that day when they shall come with singing unto Zion, with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. But now, beloved, uh, we must finish up in a very solemn manner by reminding you of the companions that came out of Egypt with the children of Israel. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, there were certain persons in Egypt who were dissatisfied with the king, uh, very likely culprits, condemned persons, debtors, bankrupts, and such like persons, who were tired of their country, and who, as is wittily said of those who are transported, they left their country for their country's good. But though these people went with the children of Israel, mark you, they were not of them. 
They escaped, but the door was not open to let them out. It was only open to let out the children of Israel. These runaways were always a trouble to the children of Israel. It is said that the mixed multitude fell a-lusting. It was the mixed multitude that taught them to worship the golden calf. It was the mixed multitude that always led them astray. And that mixed multitude have their representatives now. There are many men that came out of the land of Egypt who never were Israelites. And there are many that join with us in church fellowship and eat that spiritual bread and drink of that spiritual rock that followed them. And yet, with many of them, God is not well pleased just as there were many of old with whom he was not well pleased and who were overthrown in the wilderness. Ah, says one, but I thought if they had been in Egypt, certainly if they came out, they must have been Christians, for you have used the metaphors. I, yes, but mark how these people were in Egypt. This mixed multitude was never in bondage in Egypt. It was Israel that had to feel the taskmaster's whip and to make the bricks without straw. But these fellows had nothing to do. They were Egyptians themselves, true-born Egyptians, heirs of sin and children of wrath. They never had any real bondage, and therefore they could not rejoice as the true Israelite did when they were set free from the yoke of Pharaoh. These people are represented amongst us by certain persons who will tell us, Ah, I know I have been a sinner, well, that is as much to say you have been an Egyptian, that's all. But I cannot say I have felt my sin and utterly abhorred it and wept over it. They come and say, I am a sinner. They hear something about Jesus Christ. They catch at it with a fancied faith, not with the faith that unites with the Lamb and brings us true salvation, but with a notional, pretended faith. And they think they get deliverance. Some of these people are marvelously happy. They do not have doubts and fears. They are at ease like Moab. They have not been emptied from vessel to vessel. They can tell us about Egypt, of course. They know as much about it as the child of God. If the child of God describes the brick kill and how they made bricks without straw, he has seen it, but he has not felt it. And he can talk about it perhaps better than the poor Israelite, for the poor Israelite has sometimes been smitten on the mouth, it may be, so that he stammers and cannot speak so well as the other, who never had a blow. He knows all about the bondage. Perhaps he has invented some of it in order to try the poor Israelite. And he can describe very accurately the going out of Egypt and the journey through the wilderness. But here's the difference, mark you, between the Israelites and the Egyptians. The Egyptians did not sprinkle the blood on the doorposts. And we do not read of the mixed multitude eating the paschal lamb, for it is written, No stranger shall eat thereof. Some persons are continually saying, I believe I'm going to heaven, but they have never sprinkled the blood, never eaten the paschal lamb, never had fellowship with Christ, and never had vital union with him. Oh, you members of Christian churches, there are many of you who have a feigned experience and a feigned religion. How many there are of you who have the externals merely of godliness? You are whitewashed sepulchers, outwardly fair and beautiful, like the garnished gardens of a cemetery. 
but inwardly you are full of dead men's bones and rottenness. Be persuaded, I beseech you, to get no deliverance anyway except by the blood of the Lamb and by really feasting on Christ. Many a man gets a deliverance by stifling his conscience. Ah, says one of these mixed multitude, here I am in the prison, and this is the night when the children of Israel go out of Egypt. Oh, if I might go out. So what does he do? Well, the keeper, the jail keeper, is frightened. He's lost his eldest son, and the prisoner says, let me out, and he bribes the keeper to let him go. There's many a man that gets out of Egypt by bribing his conscience. There, Master Conscience, he says, I will never get drunk anymore. I will always go to church. There's my shop. It's always open on Sunday. I'll put two shutters up, and that's almost as good as closing it entirely, and I will not do the business myself. I'll get a servant to do it for me, and out he comes. But he had better remain in Egypt and get out like that. There are some again that get out by main force. The keeper falls down dead. And so they get out of prison. There are men who not only bribe, but kill their conscience. They go so far that their conscience is almost dead. And when he is in a fit one day, they rush forth and escape. And so they have peace. Peace where there is no peace. They wrap themselves up in the folds of their own delusions and invent for themselves refuges of lies where they do place their trust. Oh, you mixed multitude, you are the ruin of the churches. You set us a-lusting. The pure Israelite's blood is tainted by union with you. You sit as God's people sit, and yet you are not his people. You hear as God's people hear, and yet you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bonds of iniquity. Oh, you take communion as sweetly as others while you are eating and drinking damnation to yourself. You come to the church meeting and you sit in the private assembly of the saints, but even when you are there, you're nothing but a wolf in sheep's clothing entering the flock when you ought not to be there. Ah, my dear hearers, do try yourselves to see whether you are real Israelites. Oh, could Christ say to you, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. Have you the blood on your doorpost? Have you eaten of Jesus? Do you live on him? Do you have fellowship with him? Has God the Holy Ghost brought you out of Egypt? Or have you come out yourself? Have you found refuge in his dear cross and wounded side? If you have, rejoice. For Pharaoh himself cannot bring you back again. But if you have not, I pray my master to dash your peace into atoms fair and lovely as it may be i beseech him to send the winds of conviction and the floods of his wrath that your house may fall now rather than it should stand to your death and then in that last solemn hour the edifice of your own hands should totter mixed multitude hear you this You assembled gatherings of professors. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove yourselves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you be reprobates. But if he be not in you, then are you reprobates still, whom God abhors. The Lord bring all his people out of Egypt and deliver all his children 
from the house of bondage. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Do look around the rest of the site, 3,500 audios, other great preachers, stories from North Korea, Bible studies, a blog. My books are at Amazon.com. Or write me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com and I will tell you about our uh, Zoom meetings for men only on one day and for men and women on another day. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun and this audio is being released on the 10th of May, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.